Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are still in talks with a few teams about a Russell Westbrook trade. One such potential conversation that apparently is being had is with the Utah Jazz and the New York Knicks as a potential facilitator for a Donovan Mitchell trade. It sounds to me like trade talk negotiations or or leverage negotiations, but let's still talk about it. From what I have heard, at least as recently as last week or so, uh, it sounds like the Indiana Pacers trade is still the likeliest scenario here, that the Lakers would send Russell Westbrook to Indiana um, and they are just discussing whether or not they are going to include that second first-round pick. To this point, they have still been reluctant to do so. There is no hard deadline by which they have to do that quite yet, right? We still see training camp. I still see LeBron's minicamp as a kind of a deadline, but it isn't in a, you know, a CBA-instated deadline here that the Lakers would be working with. So I, they, I still think they're, they're, they're going to take their time here. Uh, but as they take their time, the Utah Jazz are still working on a Donovan Mitchell trade, and that means getting however many picks out of the New York Knicks as they possibly can, or getting a couple picks from the Lakers to supplement whatever picks the Knicks are reluctant to give up. Uh, again, I find it fascinating that Danny Ainge has kind of screwed himself by making such an incredible Rudy Gobert deal. It's kind of like how he made that deal with Brooklyn and from that point on, only expected to make deals that were that kind of lopsided. Um, you set that market, you have to continue to abide that market, especially as you work within the same offseason to do so. But again, for the Lakers, they have to decide here, and they are deciding, if they are going to be giving up two first-round picks, it has to be season-altering returns and I'm sorry, but the Knicks just don't have anybody anywhere near as good as Miles Turner. So the Lakers getting involved here would probably mean they're limiting themselves to one pick going back. Um, and, and that would also, therefore, mean that the return would be less impressive. And I'm not as interested in that. Now, there is a way for the Lakers to walk away with a return that I think would entice them to include both first-round picks. I tweeted it out uh, late last night, or I guess late last evening if you are on the West Coast, and it would go as follows. And I didn't include picks here because I'm lazy and because there is no easier way to lose everybody listening here than to go into picks and protections and stuff. But essentially... The Knicks would wind up with Donovan Mitchell. The Pacers would wind up with Evan Fournier. The Jazz would uh, wind up with Russell Westbrook, Obi Toppin, and however many picks this uh, would would take to make it work. And the Lakers would walk away with Bojan Bogdanovich, Miles Turner, and Cam Reddish. Yes, I included Cam Reddish here because the Lakers traded away one clutch player. I would imagine before the offseason is over, they're going to acquire another clutch player. Uh, so yeah, I, again, this is, this is at all no, in, in no way, shape or form sourced. I don't think, I don't know about the specifics of the conversations to this point as it pertains to players 
that could be involved in a multi-team trade. We only know about potential targets who kind of fit the Lakers' requirements here. But the things to pay attention to in this trade, one, Bojan Bogdanovic, Miles Turner, those are the two best players who are available for the Lakers, it seems like, at this point. The Knicks don't have anybody of those guys' caliber. You could argue one way or the other for Buddy Heald. If you're looking just for straight shooting, then Heald is your choice. He's arguably the best shooter in the NBA, If you, especially since I think I, I saw the stats on Twitter the other day. Since 2016, he actually leads the NBA in three-point uh, field goals made and in field goal or three-point field goal percentage. That's pretty insane in a league with Steph Curry <laughs> that he would be, that he would, uh, you know, figure in, in that way. But if you want somebody a little bit bigger, who is almost as capable of a shooter, uh, Bogdanovich makes quite a bit of sense here. So I went with Bogdanovich and I went with Turner. And then again, I went with Cam Reddish for, for upside that the Lakers were interested in. And because clutch, uh, the other thing to, to keep in mind here with, with this return, all of Bogdanovich, Turner, and Reddish are on expiring deals, which would make the Lakers or would allow the Lakers to remain um, a, 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 a threat in free agency. Now, I think if you trade for Turner, especially if you're giving up two first-round picks, you probably anticipate extending him, uh, and, and that would there that would, you know, as soon as you do that, you're essentially foregoing that cap space, and he is your big 2023 signing. Uh, but it, this is this does make that an option. Uh, the other thing here on on when it comes to free agency is all right. Find the Lakers if they decide that they both want to trade Russell Westbrook and they want to remain active in next year's free agency, and they only want to give up one first round pick. That probably takes you out of the running, or that definitely takes you out of the running, I would imagine, for Miles Turner. It probably also takes you out of the running for Bogdanovich, though I think he's a little closer to attainable. And and it certainly takes you out of the running for both of those guys. So <laughs> I think if you could maybe get away with sending one first-rounder to, to Utah and one first-rounder to, to Indiana— for both of those guys, that's probably the move forward. That's the path forward I would opt for. But if you're only looking to move one pick, you definitely still want to get rid of Russell Westbrook and you want to remain flexible in next year's uh, free agency, there are packages that are less impact impactful this season that are potentially there for the taking. It's just a matter of are you willing to risk another kind of another season toiling in mediocrity as you hope to become a player in next year's free agency when you still wouldn't have max money. I wrote uh, about this topic for Silver Screen and Roll, and I'm going to read it. In trading Taylor Horton Tucker to Utah for Patrick Beverly, the Lakers in essence admitted to the sunk cost he became almost as soon as they unnecessarily chose him over Alex Caruso. Now, with only a few weeks left in the offseason, Rob Palink will have to address his next almost immediately harmful decision, Russell Westbrook. At last year's trade deadline, Palink and the Lakers brass chose to kick the can down the road to eventually make a decision on Westbrook once they'd have more assets to work with. This launched a hilarious new cycle of subtweets, finger pointing, and even t-shirt admiration as the Lakers were essentially tanking a season in which LeBron was somehow still good enough to lead the league in scoring at 38 years old. Now, 
After acquiring Beverly, Polinka can once again try to convince Jeannie Buss to stick with his vision and ask her to remain patient through another season of mediocrity in the hopes of landing an impact player next summer in free agency. Hell, he could even send Westbrook home if he once again is difficult on and off the court as he was last year. He just, you know, shouldn't. And look, holding on to those first rounders in 2027 and 2029, plus whichever pick they wind up with this year, which would be the lesser between theirs and the New Orleans Pelicans, which they can then move after drafting a player in that spot, would offer some flexibility. In most situations, it would be a perfectly viable and understandable path forward. But as James nears 40 and the oft-injured Anthony Davis nears 30, the reported trade for Indiana's Miles Turner and perpetual trade target Buddy Heald makes endlessly more sense if the point is to optimize the team's chance at title competition. James is on the verge of what will be the greatest 20th season in NBA history and by no means looks to be heading towards any precipitous decline. But how long are the Lakers willing to test his ability to stave off father time? Yes, he was good enough to lead the league in scoring in the, in the games he played, but he didn't add another scoring title to his resume because he missed 26 games. For the third time in his four years as a Laker, he didn't crack 60 total starts. The signs are clearly there that he's slowing down, even given how incredible he looks when he is available. So the idea of once again tempting fate by trudging through another ugly season for a potential signing when they won't even have max money available just doesn't seem feasible. And sure, adding Turner and Heald to Beverly and the rest of their additions this summer doesn't make the Lakers bona fide title contenders. There are still plenty of questions that will need answering over the course of this season, but they would give James and Davis a puncher's chance, which should have been the goal of this offseason all along. Both paths forward feature plenty of risk. The Lakers could make this trade and once once again go through another injury-riddled season. They could trade for Turner and find out him and Davis don't fit together in the front court. Heald's incredible shooting might not be enough to make up for his poor defense. Past mistakes have worn down any notion of margin for error. But what the Lakers really can't risk is starting this season devoid of hope. We know how this will go if Westbrook is on the team. When his agent tried to convince him to go along with Darvin Ham's vision for how to make it work, he fired his agent. (laughs) Sure, there could be light at the end of the tunnel in the form of 2023's free agents class. But if they wait too long, that light could just as easily be the freight train that is time's inevitability. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Plenty of stuff that we are going to be getting to over the course of this week as I near my paternity leave. Um, You know, we have this whole trade situation here. We're going to start previews here pretty soon um, in getting you ready for both the mini camp and trainee camp. Um, and, and then we'll also have some fun along the way. I've been telling my hosts to go out there and, and be creative and, and have some fun. I know Harrison and I are going to be recording some evergreen pods, uh, to get you through some of my paternity leave while I'm out. Uh, but yeah, let's get to it. This is one of my favorite times of year because we get to be as weird as we want to be. And those of you who are still listening at this point are the the best listeners that we have. And you usually enjoy us getting a little weird. So hang tight. Let's see where we go. And until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.